Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off The Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I hope everyone had a great weekend. I was just asked how my weekend was, and I truly couldn't even tell you. It Like, I had a, I had a great weekend, but, like, nothing really, like, significant happened. I don't know. It was, like, super weird. Um, so I was posting on my Instagram, and I talked about a little bit last week about how I'm, like, in my reader girl era. Like, I'm really into reading right now. And I... So I started the book Verity by Colleen Hoover, and I don't want to hear any negativity about her. She, yeah, some of her books are, I guess, not great, but I think a book is a very personal thing, so we're not going to book shame. Um, Because this book is terrifying. I finished it last night. I literally couldn't put it down. I I started reading at like page 60 yesterday because I started it last week sometime, I think Thursday. And um. I finished the whole thing because I, I couldn't stop. And the ending, okay, spoiler alert. If you're going to read it, please just fast forward. I'll put a timestamp or something like in the description. Um, I was a little underwhelmed by the end because I felt like the book was so, so good. And then I've been like reading online that people are team letter and not team manuscript. And I have to say I have to disagree wholeheartedly because – like Jeremy's two children died within six months of each other. And then he read a, a manuscript saying that he killed that his wife killed one of them. Like, how is he supposed to know that this was like a thing writers do where they write in like that, you know, from the antagonistic like villain point of view and like uh, like how the fuck was he supposed to know so I don't know I'm more team manuscript I'm sorry I you know and then I put my dream cast I don't think this is even going to be made into a movie but I did put my dream cast out there and guys a lot of you agreed with me and I I'm really proud of that I have to say because I feel like um Daisy Edgar Jones would be a great Lowen. I think um Verity or Sophie Turner would be a great Verity because I think she's like cold enough 
that it would work. And also she's like a great actress. And I think for that kind of role, you have to be like, like able to like be kind of like distant and like whatever. And then for the guy, I was really struggling because there's no like actor in his 30s right now that I'm like, wow, like really would be wowed by. So I said John Krasinski um, because I feel like he'd be like a really good Jeremy. But at the same time, I just I don't know. I I feel like he might be a little too old for the role. I don't know, because especially if Daisy um, is going to play Lowen in my fantasy scenario, I feel like the age gap is like a little so. Anyway, um, let's get right into Bravo headlines from the weekend. I think if you guys are on social media, Twitter, Instagram, everything like that, you know that Miss Sheena Marie Shea is getting married to, to Brock Davies this week in Cancun, which is probably the most Sheena wedding destination of all time. And I have to say, I was getting a little bit of pushback on not, – not a lot, like just a little bit of pushback on my Instagram – when I was talking about her engagement ring, because listen, I get it. Like not everybody wants a diamond. Not everybody wants that. But there's something very Sheena about getting a gigantic Morganite diamond. Um, is Morganite a diamond? I don't know. It's like a gemstone. A Morganite gem. I don't I'm not a gemologist. Is it a gemologist? Guys, there's no Googling on this podcast. I don't know what I'm talking about half the time, but you get what I'm saying. Because to me, it's just not even tasteful. Like it's truly costume jewelry. And it just says a lot about her, in my opinion, like knowing Sheena like 10 years on Bravo and following her on social media for so long. She's just the kind of person who really cares about how everything appears. She's really into how everything looks. You know, I mean, remember her relationship with Mike Shea? She tried to put on a brave face for a long time and made everything like, everything is so great, everything is so great. And then they divorced. And it turns out he had like a substance abuse problem. Um, same thing with uh, Rob. Like she was like, we're so in love, we're so in love. And he like barely could say the words to her. So for Sheena to get this Morganite diamond, it and not even like a normal size. I mean, this thing is huge. And Brock had to put it on three credit cards I'm just like, this just says to me that Sheena just really cares about the size and how it looks and not really like there's just, you know, see, she does a lot of like, she's not a quality over quantity kind of girl. You know what I'm saying? Um, but everybody's making the trip to, to Cancun for this wedding. I don't know why. I just think a Cancun wedding for Sheena is just very on brand. Um, I wonder if Brock's ki other kids are going to be there winter and... Oh, what's the other one's name? I don't know, but I think it's funny that like two of his kids have summer and winter and then they have the same birthday, whatever. Um, you know, Brittany's on her way. Jax is on his way. <laughs> like uh, Kristen Dowdy is on her way um, or Dodie. Sorry. I don't know why I call her Dowdy. Dodie is on her way. And I'm just like, these people better be fucking liked. I don't want to hear it. I want these people strapped up and miked because – they are going to be filming Vanderpump Rules for the first time in two years. It's Sheena's wedding. 
they're Jax is going to be reunited with the Toms, who I don't think he spends any time with anymore due to like the falling out. Um, you know, people were asking if Stassi's going to be there. No, guys, Stassi is not going to be there. They truly hate each other so much, and I'm glad that they don't have to pretend to even like each other anymore. Um, but Katie's there. Tom Schwartz is there, which we'll get into Katie and Tom in a second. They did go on a podcast together. Well, on her podcast. Um, so yeah, I just, I really, I'm really hoping that the OGs are, are mic'd. I really am because they're going to give us something good. This show, I mean, Kristen was on shenanigans, Sheena's podcast, I think last week or two weeks ago. And she was like, yeah, the show's just not the same show that I was on anymore. And I'm like, sure isn't girl. We all know. And that brings me to my next point because I was talking about Katie and Tom. So Tom appeared on Katie Maloney's podcast, You're Gonna Love Me. And she says, I feel like I would be remiss to not acknowledge our anniversary this year because we are still technically married until later this year. And Tom says, that was the best wedding ever, my favorite wedding objectively, and I've been to a lot. It was magical. I might go back and watch the episode, not drunk though, and then I'll be a sad sack. (sighs) Guys, it just, the bubbles are making me a little sad. Now, do I think that they should have ever gotten married? No. But I do think that they have like a lot of love and respect for one another, and that's not something we see every day in the Bravo Cinematic Universe. And so it's just kind of nice and heartwarming and refreshing to see these two people who I don't think were good together be better friends. And I can relate to that because my parents were the same way. They, I mean, they they weren't married for very long, I got to tell you. But they're really good friends. They hang out without me. They go to baseball games. They talk all the time. Um, like when my mom was in a relationship, my dad would still come over for Christmas and we would all be together. Like it was like a very modern situation and growing up, it was like a little confusing just because like, I was like, why aren't you together? But at the same time, I never liked them together because it was like they, I just knew that they were happier apart anyway. So it's just kind of nice to see that with Katie and Tom. It does make me a little sad. Um, he did say in the podcast that he's never watched the full wedding episode. He said that he's seen probably 40% of it and he likes it that way. He says it's preserved perfectly in my mind and I don't want to tarnish it. And I mean, besides her dress being one of, I'm not going to be, okay, no, I'm being too mean. I hated the dress. I won't say anything else about it. I did not like it at all. But that's Katie. Like Katie's very kind of like funky, quirky with her clothes. Like as we all know, like we've we saw the clothes she wore to Paris a few years back um, with that bucket hat. Maybe she's a trendsetter because bucket hats are back. Shout out to Alan P- Allison Pivovarsky. Um, so the wedding was beautiful. Other than that, like you know, it just wasn't. Um, I did. I didn't like the bridesmaids' dresses. I didn't like her wedding dress. But other than that, I thought the woods were beautiful, the scenery, like the setup. I thought that was really nice. Um, and then Tom continues on, and he says, "I won't say I'm happier than I've ever been, but I'm very optimistic and grateful. I'm happy that we're still close. I think, relatively speaking, we've done a damn good job divorcing each other." let's pour one out for the Bubba's because that's just really fucking nice. And I, 
I don't think they're even the kind of people that like still hook up. Like I can't imagine them hooking up together. I them together are very asexual. Them apart are not. They're very horny. I just I don't see them physically with each other. So to see that they have this nice like friendship is just it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, Vicky Gundelson, Victoria Gundelson, first of all, I've been I've been talking on this podcast for the last few weeks about how I've been rewatching Real Houses of Orange County and I've gotten to the Steve Lodge years. He was a bad, bad guy from the very beginning. Like she clearly was just with him because he was the polar opposite of Brooks and needed to like rehab her image. And I think Steve Lodge is the reason why Vicky Gumbelson, we lost her. I'm going to say it. And I think without Vic, or I think without Steve, she would really shine. Um, and I hope the new guy she's with is dicking her down. You know, I, I really hope I say that all the time. Vicky has an insatiable sexual appetite and I just hope she's getting it. I do not hope she's going on a podcast with Kelly Dodd because <sighs> Kelly Dodd did say the other day. Now, obviously I'm blocked by Kelly or I blocked her. I don't know. I think it was a mutual blocking, um, after she tried to dox me a few years back <sighs> And she did say she was like, yeah, Vicky and I might start a podcast, kind of like how Teddy and Tamara have theirs. But I'm like, if Vicky does that, like she will never be back on Bravo. Like Kelly is like, you, we don't touch her. Like Kelly is a liability. And I really, really hope that Vicky does not go that route. But Vicky did go on the Daily Pop. And, you know, of course they had to ask her, like, how did you take the news when Tamara was asked – back on Real Houses of Orange County. And she's like, obviously I have FOMO. And she goes, I think anyone would feel that way. She says, the thing is I did cry. I was like, what does she have that I don't have? It's really sad. <laughs> and it kind of makes you ask yourself, like, why did they ask Tamara and not Vicky? Like, I get why they asked Tamara, period. But like, why isn't Vicky an addition, you know, maybe a friend of or just trying to get her back in the mix, see how she plays with the group and like the new dynamics of the show. I feel like that would be really interesting. Um, I So I'm, I'm curious. And she did say, I think we're a good Lucy and Ethel together, but there's obviously something that Bravo doesn't like about me. So I had to accept it. That's tough. Like for Vicky Gunvalson to say that, and I think Vicky – I think Miss Victoria Gumbelson is someone that struggles with self-esteem. And I mean, like, who doesn't? So to see, like, your best friend get the job that you basically started, like, you started this entire franchise, this entire – all like, she is the reason for the season. So to not be asked back and then have Taylor fucking Armstrong join as a friend of, I mean, that's devastating. <laughs> like, I would be, I would be crushed. You know, I am a Scorpio, so I do have like a tinge of jealousy that like runs through my veins occasionally. <sighs> and I would feel the same way. I would be like, wait, why is Taylor joining and not me. It's one thing for Tamra to be full-time because Tamra is a fucking legend. Okay. Tamra should run Bravo in my opinion. <laughs> like retire your overplayed playlist. You'll never hear the same mix twice on app. App is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. So you can discover new to you playlists as they're made. 
Download AMP. That's A-M-P in the App Store. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. She's an icon. But Taylor Armstrong is a friend of really threw me for a loop. I and not Vicky, not Victoria Gumbelson. I want to know what's going on. I want to know. Um, in some Potomac news, I really fucking pray to the Lord above that we get a Potomac trailer soon. Like I've had it. It's been way too long without our girls. I need something other than Beverly Hills and Atlanta. Like I need Potomac and I hate when people like bombard Andy Cohen every single day of his life. Like he'll tweet his good morning tweet every single day. And people always are like, where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? But it's like, where is it? Like, where is it? Like I need to know. And someone tweeted, I forget who it was. Oopsie. Um, that Candace and Ashley are the breakout stars this season. I'm ready to see it. I bet they become friends and I'm ready for the fucking professional that Ashley Darby is to divorce Michael on camera. Like I'm fucking ready because then we're going to see single Ashley and she's single fucking Ashley on her Instagram. Let me tell you and TikTok. She's shaking her thing left and right. And I'm like, good for you, girl, because Michael kangaroo Darby is the fucking worst. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Robin and Juan finally got their marriage license. We've been waiting. Um, I do find it interesting, and I find it actually a little bit respectable that they didn't do any of this on camera. Like, they didn't – they're not getting married to, like, just get married on Bravo. It feels like a real thing that they're really taking their time to figure out, like, are we going to do this again? Um, And what really kind of I find to be a little bit misogynistic of the Bravo fans is that people think it's Robin who's, like, dying to marry Juan again. It's not. Juan wants to be with Robin so fucking bad. And Robin is the one that's emotionally shut down from Juan. I talked about this last year when uh, Potomac was on. Is I just I feel like Robin was just really, really devastated by everything that Juan did to her. And then the losing of the money and then the friend committing suicide by jumping off the bridge. Like a lot of dark things happened and took place in the Dixon household. And I think it's going to take Robin some time to maybe want to feel that connection again, but clearly she's feeling it because the marriage license is happening. And I have to say, it's really crazy to watch her kids grow up or any kids on Bravo. Like I just saw a picture of uh, little Aiden. He's not little anymore, guys. He's playing football in like middle school. I was shook. Like I know they grow up, but like I have an age today. So I find it a little strange. Okay. And I know people might be sick of talking about Melissa and Teresa, um, but 
they keep giving us news. They keep giving us gossip. They keep giving us tea. Uh, Teresa spoke out on Melissa and Joe not coming to the wedding. And she says, you'll see it play out on TV. The way that everything played out with my wedding, everything that happened is the way it was supposed to be. I'm all about that. I'm all about good energy. And whoever wanted to be at my wedding was there. Are you all about good energy? Are you? Now, I want to clear something up with with the listeners. I don't hate Teresa Judas. Like, I don't. I don't hate any housewife. Someone asked me this on my Instagram on Sunday. Like, who is your most hated housewife right now? And I don't hate any of them. I think we have to embrace the villainous energy because the moment that we say, like, get rid of that person, the show tanks. Because it's like, I'm not watching, like this show for kumbaya energy. Like, I know. So I don't hate any of them. Do I hate how some of them behave at times? Absolutely. And Teresa, for me, is one of them where I just really struggle. Like, I don't understand the logic because there isn't any. And what ruins Teresa for me, to be 100% honest here, is the fans, Because you can't have any opinion on New Jersey without people fucking yelling at you, cussing you out online, people leaving like mean podcast reviews saying like, I'm team Melissa. Like, I like Melissa. I also like Teresa and I respect Teresa. But do I agree with her and how she treats her family and expects to be treated differently? It's crazy to me. That is actually crazy. And I don't see how people don't see that. I think that that's where the disconnect is. Um, I personally have problems with people that are all about like good energy and like good vibes, but it's like those people are usually the most rotten inside. If we're being a hundred percent honest, like it's, it's just fake. It's fake. And I think it, I would respect Teresa more if she was like, listen, I was hurt that they didn't come. You'll see it play out on TV. It is what it is. You don't have to be like, you know, I'm all about good energy and tranquility and like peace and love. Like we know you're not. So that's okay. Like you can, I don't know. It just, it bugs me um, because also it's like Dina wasn't there. I think that's being very overlooked and people are saying like Dina doesn't, didn't want to be on camera or whatever. Dina could have been there and they could have not shown her. That has happened. People have filmed like that before. I I just don't understand that. I think people are blind and they don't want to see that maybe Teresa and Louis are the problem. Okay. I'm sorry. I say this every fucking time I talk about New Jersey. I sound like a goddamn broken record, but it's like, and I say this in my real life about people too. It's like, if you have this many problems with people in your life, like you're the fucking problem. I'm sorry. Like I have family members that always have fucking drama and problems. And I'm like, maybe it's you. Maybe it's fucking you. Okay. Cause I don't, I don't have problems like this in my life. Like it, it's bonkers. Truly. Anyway, let's talk about Teddy and Lisa Vanderpump. Listen, Teddy Mellencamp is really something else. And I'm not one of those people that, like, hates her. Like, I don't hate her to my core. Like, people spend a lot of, like, their time and energy hating Teddy Mellencamp. And I'm like, why are you giving her the time of day? Like, she's getting the listens. She's getting the downloads on her podcast, like, because you hate her and you want to listen to what she has to say. Like, she's actually killing it, if we're being honest. 
And I don't think she's interesting enough to hate, like pulling Lisa Vanderpump. Like, I, I don't care about you enough to hate you. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with her. But I have to say, this whole Lisa Vanderpump brother suicide situation that Lisa Rinna and Teddy Mellencamp like to keep talking about is fucking disgusting and it needs to stop. Teddy Mellencamp went on her podcast because people, of course, are asking, like, about Lisa Rinna's, you know, mother passing, you know, she wants all this grace given to her, all this understanding, all this, all these patients, you know, patients and stuff. But it's like, where was that with Lisa Vanderpump when you guys decided to take her down at literally her weakest point? Like, I believe her mother died and then her brother, uh, I believe, committed suicide or had some sort of drug overdose. Something happened. Um, allegedly, I'm going to cover all my bases here, allegedly. But that's, that's what happened. And Teddy Mellencamp says, I know the fact that we did not give Lisa Vanderpump grace after her brother passed and we had, and we had never even known she had a brother. She had no relationship with him. She didn't speak to him. We got killed for not giving her grace. That's a fucking lie. And there's all of this, you know, clips going around online of literally Lisa Vanderpump having these conversations with the women being like, it's my brother. And also, it's not your fucking place to say whether she had a relationship with him or not. You can have an estranged relationship with a family member, but when something like that happens, it's still tragic and you should still give them some time and some space and grace. I did not mean to rhyme. Um, but So that's just fucking nasty. And to say that on a podcast, to be like, sorry, like we didn't know. It's like you did actually. There's actual footage of you knowing. So, and then she goes on to say, so I think when I look at the history, if I were in a situation where Housewives was dealing with death, I would have given them more grace because I know with LVP, I did not cause You've never spoken about him and said you don't have a relationship with him. Now this is our reason why you tried to get Dorit in trouble for the dog, and that's why you're doing all this bad behavior. The fuck does that even mean? That was like word salad. Um, either way, Teddy, you're trash for doing that. And um, I think everybody deserves grace when it comes to losing a loved one, but I don't think like obviously – like Lisa Rinna, like you are doing something horrible and you didn't give grace to literally anyone ever. That's where my problem is. It's like, obviously Lisa Rinna should be giving grace and time to grieve, but you didn't do that for anybody. And that's kind of disgusting. Okay. Enough with the news. Enough with the Bravo headlines. Let's get right into the Real Houses of Atlanta recap. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. So me and Mr. Chris Lewis, friend of the pod, host of Shortcomings, obviously a king. Him and I text about Atlanta a lot because that's like our mothership. Like that's where we feel the most at home. Real Houses of Atlanta is like where I started my Bravo journey. Was season one, Real Houses of Atlanta. I was flipping through channels. I said, what is this? I immediately was hooked. I saw Kim Zolciak in a synthetic wig. <laughs> claiming she was 29 years old. I saw Nene Leakes in leggings at a reunion screaming, close your legs to married men. Like I was hooked. So I feel this type of like protectiveness over Atlanta, but, but I do think we have to be honest. This season isn't giving. It's not bad. 
Okay. It's not bad. I've seen worse seasons in my life. Okay. In my days of being a Bravo historian, I've seen, you know, some, some rough ones, but this isn't, this isn't, this isn't the Atlanta I know. This isn't the Atlanta that I fell in love with. And I'm not sure where the problem, like who to blame, honestly, because it's like, I, I, Chris and I were going back and forth actually about this because we're trying to figure out like who to cast the blame on for this season not being very good. And it kind of makes me feel like it's more of the producers that are, that are failing us because Chris said it best. He was like, when you have reality stars such as Kenya Moore, Sheree Whitfield, Candy Burris and Marlo Hampton, and you can't make a show entertaining, dynamic and fun and interesting that's on you. That's like a producer's fault because you need to get in there. Producers need to get in there and fucking do their jobs. Get these women working. Now, speaking of people working is Marlo Hampton. Someone asked me this on Instagram over the weekend and I said, I don't mind it. I don't mind her messy behavior. I want her to have a peach. I think she's doing the best she can with what she's given. She's fucking putting these women to work, okay? I can't tell you enough like how much I don't really agree with her but I'm enjoying it it's giving us something because you know who's not giving us anything and it pains me to admit this is Miss Kenya Summermore I have been team twirl and I still am till the day I die what the fuck is she doing honestly I don't get it. I don't get her approach this season. I don't get what she has going on. I don't understand her dynamics within the group. I think on Real Housewives of Ultimate Girls Trip, it worked really well for her to just kind of sit back and let things happen, be kind of like a sounding board, like be more chill. And I think we got to see that like fun side of her there. And while we are seeing a fun Kenya this season, it's like, but what else are we doing? she's make she's making mountains out of molehills in my opinion like for example when she was talking about ross who we'll get to him my king handsome most handsome house husband currently currently at him and guillermo i know guillermo's not a house husband but oh god i'm sorry i'm getting like i'm getting like nervous talking about him um when she said that ross was aggressive with her, I'm like, because he stood up because he had to walk away from the table because you were attacking his wife. And then it turns into like, well, I don't have a guy there to defend me. So like that, I'm like, it all comes back to that. It all comes back to the fact that Kenya and Mark are getting divorced. Like that can't be your excuse for everything, Kenya. Okay. It just can't. Ross was not aggressive at all. In my opinion, I'm glad Sheree said that she was like, I'm really not seeing like where you're coming from, but I'll support you because you're my friend. <laughs> like you could tell Shrey was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get what you're even saying right now um, <laughs> because it was so such a reach in my opinion. Um, and I also think Ross just has that kind of voice. It's like very deep, very like James Earl Jones, like where he could, you know, say pass the salt. And it sounds like, like a sexy, like command, you know? So I just, I don't, I don't think he was being aggressive at all. I think Kenya was trying to like get something going there and it just really was not. It really wasn't working. Um, 
And then her issue, like she's trying to make a big deal out of something and I can't figure out what it is when it comes to Sanya and this like I fit boat situation. It's like you chose – Candy said it best. She was like, you chose to go on a boat and you said you had a good time. Like why does it matter? And also you were late for all the activities the entire fucking trip. Like what are we doing here? I just don't get what she's fucking doing, what she's thinking. I can't figure – I can't figure it out, Okay. And it's making me frustrated. Um, guys, in my notes, I just wrote down, Drew is a loser. She makes me laugh. She does. But she really is such a bum. Her and this ankle, it's like, I I, I can't, I, I have nothing to say about her, honestly. Because it's like, I, I'm fascinated by her and Ralph, because they're clearly not in a very good relationship, but yet they are trying to fool everybody into thinking that they are. And then she's got this like bum ankle. I feel like her ankle is always hurting. I feel like she's never not in like some sort of brace boot or wheelchair. How she didn't make it down to that dinner, I'll never understand. I'm like, you were literally on cobblestones. If Ramona Singer, speaking of cobblestones, if Ramona Singer can be wheeled around in the streets of Cartagena, in a wheelchair, Drew, you can make it to dinner. Do your fucking job. I'm sick of these women not showing up. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. This is me just really angry at these women because it's like I just think we could do so much better. Speaking of doing so much better, let's talk about She by Sheree. I saw a tweet and it said, I've never seen a reality star fumble the bag like Sheree Whitfield. I've never felt a tweet more in my life. Sheree Whitfield has this like amazing ability to flop. And it's like, you have all the tools, Sheree. You have all the tools. You have everything that you need to be a great reality star, to have a successful clothing line. And yet you just can't, like, she just can't get there. And I just don't know why. I don't get it. Something inside her is stopping her. I think she might be a self-sabotager, if I'm being completely honest. I think she's one of those people, and I relate, who's a self-sabotager, who is sees like, oh, I can be something really amazing and do something really great, but I'm going to not even try or I'm going to do like half-ass it um, because I don't want to fail, but then you end up failing anyways. Like it's this whole thing, and I think that that speaks a lot to who she is and how – and her relationships with men, for example. Like this woman is truly one of the most beautiful women – on television. She's funny. She's smart. She's a great mom. And yet she picks bums. Literal, I mean, literal bums. And it's like, you could do so much better than that. And you're choosing not to. And it's like, that speaks to like her self-esteem and like what she thinks she deserves. And I think that also could be said for her She by Sheree spring, September, summer joggers, you know? Like, she really could be successful. She really could sell mugs with merch, like, with slogans on it, you know, fucking blankets. Like, she could be she could be making money because she is one of the most iconic housewives of all time, and she's just not doing it. This isn't, in my opinion, a Sonia Morgan situation where I think Sonia Morgan is just – a hummingbird and she just is like constantly fluttering around going flower to flower like she's not sure what's going on but like she's gonna make it happen she's very like manic energy Sheree is just like there's a block like I'm feeling just a block 
with her and I need her to crash through that wall and just like be like the Kool-Aid man and just fucking take life by the fucking horns and be a success. I'm really nervous about her fashion show because if this woman does not have fucking fashions, I will scream because I don't know how much more I can like watch someone continually do the same storyline and it never happen. Like if you don't want to be she by Sheree, you literally don't have to. You can do something else. But let's figure that out. And I want to help her because I feel like she could be really, really great. And there's – I just feel it like in my gut, like this this, um, this like wall, like something is just stopping her. I don't know. I got I to gotta think more about it. So like I was saying earlier when Chris and I were talking this morning, um, you know, I tried to get him on the podcast, but he was busy doing other things, a.k.a. his other job. Um, cause I really wanted to talk to him about this, but anyway, I'll just reference our, our text conversation is we were talking about how these women like Kenya and Candy who aren't participating are really the reason why, or one of the reasons why this season is just not, it's just not doing it for me. It's not fun to watch women just choose not to interact with the other women. It's not fun to watch them, you know, be so tough on the other women and not have any sort of like reconciliation. There's no, there's no, there's nothing. And that's really, it's frustrating. It really honestly is frustrating to watch. Um, Like watching them go and eat and like sit separate from the other girls at the cabana because Marlo was put in charge of the, the beach day or whatever. I'm like, really? Like you've been doing this for so long. Like you'd think that you would maybe like go and interact and like cause drama or have a conversation, maybe have, you know, make some leeway with one another. And they just choose not to do that. And I don't think that that's fun. I don't think it's interesting. Honestly, I think it's really lame and Chris made a really good point, and he said that they almost have, like, flat force four energy with this alliance. And when he said that, it, like, really, like, hit me. I was like, they actually do because it's, like, this alliance that just, like, can't be broken, and it's it, that gets really, really boring to watch. Like, I don't need Kenya and Candy to go at it, but I need them to, like, try with other women, like, try to have a conversation. That's why I think, like, the dinners that they have – are so important because like that's when the dialogue is happening. And that's why I watch Real Houses of Atlanta is because of that. Um, so yeah, to see them like sit at, in another cabana, like away from everybody, I'm like, you guys are just fucking lame. Like this is not cool. It's not funny. You're not doing anything interesting. Like, uh, like Sanya to me is an interesting character. Marlo is doing something. Um, Drew, God bless her. Like I <laughs> Drew is at least trying. Um, well, Kenya and Candy, like, they got nothing. They have nothing going on. And it's like, if you don't want to do this show anymore, then leave. Then don't do it. Because it's like, you're not adding anything to the show at this point. Um, and I think we need someone like a Portia. I would love to have Portia back, honestly. And I thought I'd never really say that. Because we need someone who has like bouncy energy, who's lively, who has the giggles. Like picture, like imagining Portia on a raft trying to get on that life vest with like her titties. Like she would be so fun. And that's what we need. We someone to be playful and fun because right now it's kind of like I feel like we're in the mud a little bit. Like 
we can't seem to get out. If you guys have never seen the movie Fern Gully, it's like that big mud monster. Like that's what I feel like we're dealing with. And that's just not fun. Also, I think Sanya is one of the best editions of Real Hustles of Atlanta has had in a long time. Um, I think she's really a star. I think she's almost – she's just like kind of the voice of the people, I feel like. She's a very Greek chorus energy about her, like where she's really rooted and grounded in reality. And she's here to kind of be like, what the fuck are you talking about, Kenya? Like when they're having a conversation and Kenya just gaslights the fuck out of her and stonewalls her – and Sadia's like, what are you doing? Like, this is a conversation I'm allowed to respond. And to watch Kenya just bulldoze her constantly, it's like, well, that's not fun either. It, and everyone there is like, what is that? It's just boring. It was boring. The time now, when I woke up during this episode was honestly at the end. When Marlo Hampton and Candy Burris reconciled in the airport of Jamaica, the Jamaican airport over a bucket of KFC. I was like, God damn it. They got me back. Like it was like one of those things where the whole episode, I was like, Oh my God, these women, like I, I was finding myself doing other things. I was like cuddling with Barb, like just not paying attention. And then I got to the end and I was like, when they held up that bucket of KFC and they, that was like, that was them coming together. I was like, God damn it. They got me. They got me good because that's why I love them. They're funny. I love a reconciliation. I love when they, you know, I love when they fight, but I love when they get back together. And I think Marlo and Candy have a very interesting relationship with one another. And that's something that I always like to watch. So when it's not just constantly going at each other's throats, like I'm here for it. Okay, and next, really quick before I sign off for the day, is I do want to talk about Married to Medicine because this is a really important show in the Bravo Cinematic Universe, and I feel like more people need to talk about it. And I try to talk about it on Twitter. I try to talk about it on Instagram. And I I just got to get the message out to the people, okay? Married to Medicine is the number one show on Bravo, but yet they treat it like the ugly stepsister, Bravo treats the show like shit. They don't promote it. They don't promote the women. They do nothing. I, but yet I have to see Craig and fucking Austin 365 days out of the year, 24-7. I'm over it. Get these women on Watch What Happens Live. Get these women on, you know, other shows. Like I want Dr. Heavenly everywhere. I want Quad hosting her own show with like uh, – Candace Dillard like I want a Bravo chat room with them like that's how much I love this show and I'm so glad when I like you guys don't understand how happy I am when I get the DMs saying like oh my god I just started I can't believe I haven't been watching this show it's so good oh my god can you believe this happened and I'm like I'm telling you like it is the best show it's the most consistent show and it's full of authentic real relationships throughout the entirety of all of the seasons. I think there's eight seasons. Um, The cast has pretty much stayed the same the entire time. We did lose Mariah, um, which was honestly fine with me. She was great when she was great. She's almost like a nini. Like, when she's good, she's good. But when she's bad, she's bad. Like, where you're just like, I can't even, like, root for this person. Like, you're just – you're not giving. Um, 
So we lost Mariah. Quad was like a, demoted to a friend of at one point, but obviously now she's back full time as she should be. And it's just the best show. Like these women are hilarious. You get a lot of husbands too in the mix, which is really great because you root for them. You really do root for a lot of their relationships. Now I can't say that about Contessa and Scott by any means. Um, because I just think Contessa is a truly a goddess and Scott treats her like shit. And I, I like how honest they get uh, with one another about their relationships. Like they're always taking couples trips together. They're always like the men always go over to Cecil and Simone's house to talk to Cecil about like, like they come to him, like he's so wise and like, he's going to help them. And it's just the most, it's just the best. It's just the best show ever. And I love it so much. And what I love too is like a lot of the women on the show are the doctors, um, whether that be like a dentist, a gynecologist, whatever. And you and the other women who aren't, you know, they don't have the MD, but they're married to doctors. You never see them like upset that the women like Dr. Simone or Dr. Jackie or whoever, you know, they're never like, oh, you're throwing it in our face that you're educated or, oh, you're doing this, blah, blah, blah. It's like they really support and uplift one another. And I think that that's something that is really lacking in other shows on Bravo, <laughs> Real Houses of Potomac. Like everyone's so mad that Wendy is like a doc or has five degrees and talks about it. Like, yeah, she's allowed to. You're allowed to talk about your success and it doesn't mean that like she's putting you down. That's just your own fucking insecurity and you're reading way too much into that. Thank you. So it's just really nice to see. And um this episode was really, really fun. The women were in the, the women are, I believe, in Las Vegas and they are having the time of their fucking life. They are going to strip clubs. Men are swinging their dicks in their faces. Dr. Jackie's putting on her glasses to see the dicks like they're having the time of their life. Um, and they sit down at this dinner. And this is what I wish Real Houses of Atlanta or even any other Bravo housewife show would do is they ask like really deep questions and personal questions about relationships and their own relationship. And they actually answer like they don't fuck around like they're talking about masturbation. They're talking about shower heads they're talking about their husband's sex lives they are talking about they they leave it all on the table and they all have a good time doing it. And that's what I fucking love. I love it. Guys, I, I sound like a broken record, but it, I smile the whole time I'm watching. It's truly the best show. Quad is the reality star. She needs to, Bravo. I hope at BravoCon, like we see a lot more married to medicine. I hope people really get on board. I mean, I can't believe the show has been on for eight seasons and is still phenomenal. Um, obviously it's not like a Southern charm where it kind of like falls off, which by the way, Miss Pat of Southern charm DM'd me at 2 AM and said, we need to talk about Southern charm dot, 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 dot. I said, I'm happy to chat. Haven't received enough. I will update everybody when she responds, but I was like, what is going on? I don't know if she's seeing like my call for action to get this show canceled. And she's like, that's my baby's show. Like, you're not going to talk about him like that, but I don't, I don't know what she's going to say. Um, and then just like the last thing I want to say about married to medicine, there, there is a woman on the show. Her name is Anila who she was a new addition last year and her husband's name is Kieran, Dr. Kieran. He's a plastic surgeon. And I thought I really liked her last year, but she's just not doing it for me. Um, 
I don't enjoy her black scent sometimes. Like she she really turns it up and she start I don't know. It's just she's not my fave, but I do enjoy watching her because I don't like her really. So it's like one of those like love to hate type of things. Uh, but next week they get robbed. And that looks it looks juicy. I don't know why everyone and their mother is getting robbed on Bravo and elsewhere. Have you guys been seeing this? Like celebrities are just getting robbed left and right. And I don't know what's going on. Like, don't you guys have security systems? I leave I leave my door unlocked. I shouldn't say that on a podcast. Um, but I do because I'm like, what are you gonna take? My fucking lamp? Like, I have nothing. Okay, take it, please. Um, my TV that works 45% of the time. Like, what what do you want? Um, yeah. So I'll just leave it there. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode and please, please, please rate review and subscribe wherever to listen. Um, again, if you have any constructive criticism, please just DM me. You don't have to leave a review. Um, you know, like you don't have to leave tough, tough notes for me in my reviews. I do. I do check and maybe that's on me. Maybe that's on me and I should stop. Um, But I love you all, even the ones that hate me. And uh, I will see you guys all on Friday when we discuss Southern Charm. And hopefully I have an update for Miss Pat for everybody. Um, And of course, Beverly Hills, because it will be the Aspen trip. And I can't fucking wait. Um, I will see you guys later. Bye. A Huda Media Production.